You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail at Not of the Scribe and our show handle at Locked On Hornets. We should be releasing a video today. In fact, I feel pretty comfortable that I will be releasing a video breaking down what we did in this week's mini mock draft. We've been doing these weekly mini mock yes. drafts because the Lockdown Podcast Network has been running a tankathon simulation. I'm sure you've messed with it if you're a big Hornets or just NBA fan where you know the lottery odds that are given to your team as to what pick they're likely to end up with. This year, no surprise as it's what I mean, it's kind of what it's been the last decade. The Hornets are mm-hmm. most likely going to pick number 11. We've done this quite a bit before. Last year was an excellent upset when we selected number three to go get a LaMelo ball, but you run the odds through the tankathon simulation, whatever it says in that order. Then we then pick and we just try to have some fun with it. We'll pick different guys and whatnot. The first draft we ever had, we got Josh Giddy, the international prospect out of Australia, bigger ball handler. That's what we did at number 12 when we slid down one spot. The next, the second, weekly mini mock draft. We selected Alperen Sangoon, the big guy that kind of fit more of a need for the Charlotte Hornets team. Well, I'm going to be releasing a video today, as I mentioned, and I guess I'll go ahead and give up some of the goods right now here on this podcast because you lovely listeners are always people that decide to tune in. And Nada, we talked about it a little bit last week, right? We did talk about it on Friday. So we discussed the best case scenario for the Hornets, and we were discussing Mm -hmm. just the kind of odds that you would get. What, What are the best odds? What is most realistic for the Hornets that could also fall into that best case scenario category? Yes. There is a yes. legitimate possibility, or not legitimate, there is technically, I should say, a possibility that the Hornets could get the number one overall pick, just like there's technically a possibility every team in the lottery could. But there's only a 1.8% shot of that. The odds are very much against the Hornets uh, to do that. Now, you do have a 8 point, uh, 8% shot of, and actually a little bit more than an 8% shot, of getting a top four pick. That's a little more doable. It's still against you but that's a little bit more doable. I think that's the best case scenario. Well, in this third mini mock draft that we've done, the Hornets were rewarded with the third overall pick. Yes. And with the first overall pick, to no surprise to anyone, Cade Cunningham was selected number one overall by the Timberwolves. They actually jumped up a few spots ahead as well. So Minnesota was rewarded the number one overall pick. They selected Cade Cunningham to go along with an Anthony Davis. Then number two came in, and it was the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Oklahoma City Thunder at number two, Ryan Stiles, I believe, the host over there, he picked Jalen Green. Jalen Green was the number two overall pick in this mini Mm -hmm. mock draft that we did. And that made it the easiest possible decision that we could have ever made. We will not have an easier decision (laughs) unless we get number one overall. And even still, you could argue going this guy over a Cade Cunningham, even though I wouldn't do it. Cade's too special, but you get the point. This is the easiest thing by far. 
Evan Mobley was our third overall selection. And I have to imagine if this scenario were to play out, Nada, you would have a lot of happy Hornets fans, a lot of happy Hornets people within that locker room, within that organization, all the decision makers, Michael Jordan. Evan Mobley is the clear to me second best player in this NBA draft class and also he checks off a lot of boxes that the Hornets need mainly at just big man and you get some size and some mobility Evan Mobley would be the number one overall pick and a lot of other NBA drafts that Cade Cunningham is not in it's the best case scenario by far that could possibly happen for the Hornets let's put it this way if the Hornets happen to run up on that this is the best case scenario because as you've heard you've heard me Walker say Evan Mobley or bust with this draft. Like if Evan Mobley is the guy that ha- that the Hornets happen to come up upon, then you're talking about a si- situation similar to Memphis, where you have two young guys. You have your you have your John Morant like star in Lamelo. Now you have your Jaron Jackson Jr. and he provides you everything that you need. He provides you that centerpiece to where you can shoot threes, defend the rim, be that role man. He does everything you need on offense, and he'll give you just what you need on defense. That would be an absolute home run. The Hornets would be set up and stocked up for the next five to seven years. And I couldn't be happier. Like, this is the only draft pick that you make. And honestly, if you're not going to get Cade, the only other guy you think about in that top three if the Hornets get there, is Evan Mobley. After that, you just trade down. So this is like literally, this was a no-brainer. I would like to point out that you have decided that you're taking the reins from the draft from now on because you got to do the videos. So um, good job on your first election. That was a really tough decision too. I mean, it was not a tough decision at all. It was so easy. I thought about creating some chaos and picking someone else just to see you get angry. I was like, you know what? Nada would jump in with the email or decide to text me. Hey, this is the guy that we should go with. And you know what? Now with all of this power, I am going to show my greed. I'm going to show all of this power that I have and just create chaos and go with a Jonathan Kaminga instead of an Evan Mobley. But also I have to make sure I still earn some credibility with everyone else. And I didn't want to sell sabotage. So Evan Mobley is that guy. Um, he's the third overall pick. I, not a look. We've talked about this being the best case scenario on draft night, right? Like again, number one overall pick. Of course, everybody technically has a shot to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think realistically, this is the best shot. And here's something I want to talk about too. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about this as well in the second segment. But this is, I mean, Evan Mobley's fallen past number two, I believe in every single weekly mock draft that we've done so far, which I don't think is indicative of what's going to happen in reality. So the first one, I, I forget where he fell. I think it was three, four, then three. I think the Toronto Raptors in last week's weekly mock draft were able to land Devin Mobley at number four overall. And I think it was Sean Woodley who hosts uh, lockdown Raptors up there. You know, he was saying, yeah, like this is, this is easy. You know, we'll, we'll gladly go ahead and take Evan Mobley. Who's fallen this far. I, I mean, I don't think number four is all that possible. I, I mean, maybe you even roll your eyes at the concept of a number three, you know, I, the Indiana Pacers, they selected Jalen Suggs with the second overall pick mm-hmm. in the first mock draft we did because they've got some size. I, I still think you, you get Evan Mobley and then you trade, yes. but 
they decided to go with Suggs because they need a playmaker because they want one, mm-hmm. and they felt they had too much size, and they just decided to go with the Gonzaga point guard. I, I just to, for that to happen three times in a row for him to fall past number two. I, I don't even think that's going to happen once when NBA draft hits uh, in whatever whatever month it's happening or whatever day it's going to happen. Like I don't. Again, I'm kind of with you there. I don't believe it's going to happen either. I do think that we're headed towards a situation where. Again, I think the first two are easily Cunningham and then uh, Mobley because at this point, I think we're seeing the impact of big men again. Think about this. Jokic just won the MVP, and Joel Embiid was a top three candidate for an MVP season. Aiton literally just changed the series for um, for the Phoenix Suns along with Devin Booker and everybody else, but that would have been a lot closer series a la the Portland, uh, Portland Denver series had a big, not big man, not been there. So we're talking about at this point, big men are getting back in style. And if you do not have a functional big man with a multi, with a basically a Swiss knife, a Swiss army knife set of skills, you can't compete at this point. We're starting to see this again. Where, where before it was small balls of rage, this, that, and the third. Now we're seeing the pendulum swinging back the other way. And now you're going to need a big man. That's why I kind of think with the amount of skills that Evan Mobley has, I don't see him drafting. I'm with you. I don't see him dropping past two. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about it in the next segment. But first, let's discuss Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates, and you need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest and Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Couple more segments to go discussing the best case scenario for the Charlotte Hornets on NBA draft night and lottery night coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no, here's the thing (laughs) you guys are addicted to this drug that brings more pain than it brings joy. And I that that feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in. And I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And I continue to eat the grasshopper cookie. It's got the little cookie crunch on top of the already covered in chocolate, soft and chewy Built Bar. All of the limited time flavors that are released, they often are my favorite. This grasshopper cookie is no different, but the staples are also really good. Coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. And you know what's great about it is that they're high in protein. They're high in fiber. They're low in calories. They're ridiculously low in calories. Like 130 is this grasshopper cookie. You could eat a couple of them and still act like you're eating candy and you could eat twice as much as what a normal Reese's cup or something like that would be 130 calories. It's ridiculous. Low in sugar. It's uh, pretty remarkable how tasty it is and how low in calories and sugar it is. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and it'll get 15% off your first order. Just use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Uh, you mentioned the the need for a big man again, yes. right? Because th- there, there are some guys that are, you know, maybe changing that way of thinking. Small ball is all the rage. We go to the Golden State Warriors and the death lineup mm-hmm. that they had, you know, playing Draymond Green at center. And we can go to the Charlotte Hornets. That went ridiculously small, too. You had three-point guards out there. Oklahoma City was running with three-point guards, and they had the best lineup when Dennis Schroeder was with Chris Paul and SGA. Here you have the Hornets running Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, along with the LaMelo Ball. And then you also have a P.J. Washington positive net rating, uh, net rating running the center position you know to me anytime we discuss small ball and and people are just saying that's the future not it's more skilled ball right it's not necessarily small ball because the future of the league it's all full of unicorns it's all Giannis being seven feet and having crazy handles yet he can't shoot but even still I mean it's not like those two MVPs that he won, he wasn't worthy of. Yeah, he's got to shoot in the playoffs, and we could talk about that later on. But clearly, Giannis is a unicorn and one of the best players in the game. Anthony Davis, when healthy, one of the best players in the game at a unicorn type of level. Then you get a Triple J, a Jaron Jackson Jr. from Memphis. If he can stay healthy, he's a guy that also brings that type of ability on the floor. A Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic is an outlier. That guy is very skilled. Defensively, doesn't have the mobility of these players I'm mentioning, but very, very skilled. It, the future of the league are the guys that are 6'10 and can play like a small forward, 6'11, 7 feet. The thing about Evan Mobley is, yeah, he's a center, but he's mobile enough to switch on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. He's mobile enough and also tall enough and athletic enough to protect the rim, offensively gifted enough to be a real impact. Only shot 30% from three last year, but I, I kind of hesitantly use that word only because, yes, on the surface it's bad, but a big guy at seven feet, freshman year in college, shooting 30%, like the shot's not broke at all. Nope. You, know, you could see working with an Evan Mobley out there to where he could be a real problem on the perimeter, maybe just taking three a game, something like that. If you get them to shoot, I don't know, like a 33, 34%. You know, we, the, the skilled positions at that kind of size, the good teams are starting to get them, yeah. right? I mean, hell, Phoenix, you just mentioned it. DeAndre Ayton, that's an amazing NBA big man body. I, I want that on this team, and that alone is reason to draft him number two over even some of the skilled wings they have in this uh, class. Honestly, we're, we're going to have to start, and this is something that I, again, while you were talking, I was thinking about this. Like, we've talked about players that are really good over 82. Now we're talking about the skilled players, the skilled unicorns that are good for the 16 after the 82. And I think we have to start, when we start talking about this roster and the Charlotte Hornets roster per se, 
We're going to have to start talking about the 16. Like, are these guys good enough in the 16 games that matter after the fir- after the regular season? Because if the goal is, and I'm not even saying a championship, what I'm saying is, are these guys going to be good enough to compete in the 16 games that happen after the regular season? At this point, we don't know. How many guys do you really trust? And, and it's a whole, and, and granted, we could probably talk about this for a whole episode if we wanted to. But now it's about getting the talented guys and building this team up to where this team is not only just a good 82 regular season team, this is now a good 16, again, the postseason team, postseason players, guys that can get their own shots in the postseason or can create shots for others in the postseason. And right now, if you were to take a like a a small sample size or or whatever of anything like that, like how many guys would you like say that there are that are good postseason guys? I mean, it would probably be, it'd probably be Gordon, maybe miles and maybe Terry. And that's it. And because we don't know about LaMelo yet, like LaMelo didn't show up yet, but that's the idea is getting guys skilled enough to, to thrive in a 16-game season, and I think with Mobley's skill set and the ability to create as many mismatches as he does, that's why mm-hmm. you. That's why he's such – that's why I've always been Mobley or bust when it comes to that. Well, and, and let's just talk about some of the combos. That, uh, what are the better combos, one-two punches that are young in the NBA right now? You mentioned the Memphis Grizzlies. You know, again, I, I hate using health as a caveat so constantly because it's like, well, if he's not on the floor, then he can't impact the game. Granted, you're 100% right. But Grizzlies have a John Morant and a Jaron Jackson Jr., and that is really tantalizing. You know, when Chris Paul is maybe gone from Phoenix, you know, he's 36 years old. Are you discussing a Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton type of one-two punch where then you have Mikhail Bridges filling in as a high-end role player, even maybe more so if you think his ceiling is better than that. But a Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, that's a really good younger one-two punch. Um, I I would think, Nada, that LaMelo Ball and Evan Mobley are right there. I think when the national NBA pundit thinks of the better one-two punches in the NBA, even specifically kind of guys on the perimeter and your younger unicorn type big guys, LaMelo and Evan, that would be so much fun to watch. You know, we saw in the NCAA tournament, I think it was against Oregon, if I'm not mistaken, Mobley just posterized somebody. Even if he didn't have a ton of points, you saw his impact defensively and you saw him just destroy some dude, some poor soul down in the pain that that duo would set Charlotte up very well as you mentioned for the next four or five years and then of course you're getting worried about that second contract what is LaMelo thinking at that time can you keep him with a long-term extension immediately because you're going to offer it to him and then we can worry about that down the line but you would be set for some nice foundation it's just it's so exciting to think about if this thing were to happen that one to punch it would be as talented and as as exciting as really any one too young punch in the NBA. Honestly, here's what I would here's where I would go with this, and um, I would say if Mobley were drafted, it would be the greatest duo in Charlotte Hornets history. Yes, I like it has that potential. Oh no, it has that potential. It absolutely has the potential to be yeah. the greatest duo in Charlotte Hornets history because yeah, you're talking sure. about 
guys that do a little bit of everything. And I know everyone's going to say LJ and Zoe. This cover, this spans a lot more skill than those two. And, I, and again, I understand that everybody loves LJ and Zoe, but we're talking about possibly the rise of the new bugs. We're talking about every, like, we're talking about Tryon being bumping. Like, that's what we're talking about at this point. Like, that would be, it, I couldn't imagine 41 games with Mobley and Ball year after year for the next three, four years. With that kind of crew, then I would honestly say the sky's the limit if that were to happen. Keyword, if. It's kind of why I've always been on this Mobley or Bust thing. And it's kind of why I hope that at some point, like, uh, it's kind of why I hope that they move up in the draft because if that's the case, then then this team becomes the ceiling for this team just becomes that much higher where you can possibly start talking about potentially an East Eastern Conference Finals and maybe if they mess around and add the right pieces, maybe a Finals appearance. But you know what? I'll settle for Eastern Conference Finals appearance with an Evan Mobley. And I, don't, I know you would too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would absolutely do that. I, I've talked about the goal quite a bit before my, my goal right now. It's just to win a playoff series. I think that's the next step that I want to take, right? I, I want, I want to get there. I want to be competitive, but I've, I've seen that. I saw it in 2016, 2017. I understand that you need to crawl before you walk, but you know, can is, is being competitive in a playoff series enough to satisfy the itch? I, I don't think that's as much for me, right? Like may, maybe a little, maybe, maybe that's a necessary step to take, but I think the next goal should be to be good enough to win a playoff series and essentially become a top four team in the East, right? You win one playoff series, then you're one of the final four teams and have a shot to get to the Eastern conference finals, something they have never done something they yeah. almost did against the Milwaukee Bucks one time. And that's the furthest our Charlotte Hornets, whether it be the franchise that left for New Orleans or the franchise that here is right now, it's the best we've ever experienced. So yeah, I want to win a playoff series and then move on to the second round and hopefully have a shot to do that as well. I'm going to talk maybe about the core and how that core fits outside of a LaMelo ball and an Evan Mobley. And uh, we've compared a couple uh, that duo just some other really good duos in the NBA, like maybe even a Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is somebody we didn't bring up. They've been in the league a little bit longer now, but still relatively younger. And maybe that's something you're kind of looking at with the LaMelo ball and a Evan Mobley. Perhaps you could get some type of Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid impact as well. And they're playing very well in the playoffs. They took a two, one lead against the Atlanta Hawks. And today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at two points, six carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. We'll talk a little more about the core and what our dream scenario would be. Evan Mobley being the second or third overall pick for the Hornets. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And I was cutting a rug in that place. Not a funk master flex. Shout out so to him. Again, Walker, how old are you again? Uh, I am 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action because baseball's in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. And you can sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. So you've got Evan Mobley, you got LaMelo Ball. We're all cheering. We're all extremely happy because we know the kind of potential that that duo has but then even around it nada I mean, pj washington fits really yes. well i think and, and miles bridges really you've well, start yeah. you, you you've got some versatility you know so let's say your your starting backcourt is lamello ball and terry rogier at least next year right if we, maybe, maybe we can try to break this down into next year two years three yeah, years from it. now four years, five years, right? So let's talk next year. Next year, in this specific scenario, what you would have is LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier as your starting backcourt. Okay, Devontae Graham's coming off the bench if they bring Malik back, which won't happen. He's coming off the bench too. So LaMelo can feed Terry. Hopefully Terry continues his very, very good catch and shoot year uh, days that he's had the last two years. Mm -hmm. Then your starting three is still going to be Gordon Hayward. Miles Bridges was awesome last year. He's still going to be coming off of the bench. Gordon makes $30 million a year. Gordon still offensively is a very good playmaker for you. Just needs to be more aggressive. I think when he was not aggressive, that's when you started to see him slump right before the injury. Gordon Hayward is still starting. So LaMelo, Terry, Gordon. Then you would have... I believe a PJ or miles starting at the four. I, I know they like miles playing more three to get him in space. Um, I, 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 I still think PJ probably starts at four at least at the beginning next year. Yeah. Um, but you know, I could see either way and then boom, Evan Mobley comes in. He's your starting five, right? I, I honestly not a, you know, I know LaMelo ball didn't start right off of the bat. And I think Borrego handled that situation for the most part pretty well. I thought he waited a little too long to start LaMelo, but overall, you know, nothing for us to, to get angry at him for. I think Evan Mobley is somebody that really starts right away at the five spot because Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo, they're gone. And I, I think Mobley is gifted enough athletically and gifted enough period for James Borrego to say, you know what? I've been begging for this type of body on my roster opening day. Evan Mobley is going to be the starting center. Do you know why I partially disagree? Because I, I, I do believe that if let's say in this case, Mobley were the center, I do think that they are going to be one of those teams that is going to go get another center. Anyway, I do. Believe, yeah, I agree with I, that. I, so before we start thinking, oh, Mobley starts day one, I don't think so, especially if as if the calendar is right, there's still less days to prepare. Is there going to be a summer league? Yes, there is. Is this team already, like, is, is this team already kind of young? Yes. I, that's why I kind of see whomever they acquire, that's going to be your starting center. I really do kind of see them going like so if they sign a Daniel Tice, I could see him starting. If they go get a Rashawn Holmes, which they wouldn't in this case, but if they went and got but I think free agent center whomever it may be is probably going to be the guy they go and get and that's the guy that starts. 
Well, the thing is, the NBA draft is before. Yes. Now, it's right before, but the NBA draft, it's July 29th. That's going to be on a Thursday, and free agency this year is going to start August 2nd. So you are going to have that decision made, Evan Mobley, if right. And just to be clear, we know that this is a a, a, a highly, highly you know, unlikely, a, a high yeah. shot of not happening. Right. Unlikely. Thank you. You know, we know that this isn't probably going to happen, but just in this fun alternate universe we're discussing, you would have that decision made on draft night, July 29th. NBA free agency starts August 2nd. It absolutely would affect how you react at the big man spot. You know, you're not going to spend. I bet the Hornets would seriously consider giving big boy money to a Rashawn Holmes. And if they had Evan Mobley, it wouldn't make sense to go give him, you know, 18 to 20 million, right? Like that, that just wouldn't make sense. And so I think it is going to affect that. Um, so, you know, but fair enough, not like may, maybe James Brago decides to handle it similarly to the way he handled LaMelo. We're not going to put all of this pressure on a young player right off of the bat. We're going to groom him a little more. And therefore, maybe we do wait the first 20 games before we put him in the starting lineup. I don't think so, but we did see it with LaMelo to some degree. I really like that core though, yeah. you know, and, and, and now if, as we transition, you know, I, I think that team is good enough to make the playoffs. And I think that team is probably bounced in the first round. Yeah. Right. I, I think that it may be competitive, um, but I think that team's probably bounced in the first round. Then we get to the next season. That's another year under LaMelo's belt. Evan Mobley's got, you know, one year experience in the NBA. We'll see what happens with Miles, the extension, PJ Washington. You're discussing that kind of with him at that point, but PJ is still going to be on the roster, presumably not. I think now it's time you can, you can try to win uh, one playoff yeah. series, no. you know, th 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 then it's time. And that is a nice core, right? So maybe Terry's gone. I don't know, but the core that you would feel good about LaMelo starting at the one, you still have Gordon Hayward on contract. So I still think he's still with this team. So, you know, he's your three miles, PJ four, you know, three combo, whatever Evan Mobley at the five. Yeah, man, I, I really like the the outlook of that type of team. And you're still talking about free agency moves that we just don't know what they've made um, at that point. Yeah, no, there's a lot like Mobley raises the ceiling. Uh, like I said in the last segment, Mobley raises the ceiling right. on this on the expectations. It raises the ceiling on the talent level. Um, I would probably say I here's the thing. If you're talking about Mobley as potentially being your backup center, which I do see him starting the year as your backup center in this scenario, I kind of might raise the expectations to – I'm not saying winning a series, winning a first-round series, but I, I want a highly competitive one. Like, yeah. I, like <laughs> I don't think that being Memphis is all that out of bounds to expect, you know? Like I really do think like being as and not and granted there are such things as like competitive five game series, but I'm saying a competitive six, seven game series next year because you have that much like the difference between Memphis and Charlotte, quite honestly, is that Memphis doesn't have a Gordon Hayward. And having that Gordon Hayward, having that Terry Rozier, having those established veterans that have been there that are guys that you can expect to get your own, get their own buckets. I think that does matter. And I do think that like it does raise in that it raise slightly raise the expectations for me a little bit more to where I expect them to be a competitive 
and I expect them to win multiple games next year if Evan Mobley was on this team. Yeah, I mean, the the ceiling for this team, the, the literal ceiling, the ceiling that the Hornets actually reached this past year was the number four seed at some point. And they were always going to be behind Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. But we were still surprised that they were better than the rest of the Eastern Conference. They eventually would fall to the 10 seed. It would be the Knicks, the Hawks, the Heat that would finish the four through six. Then we saw Boston, Washington, Indiana that would go seven through nine. I don't think Boston's going to be as bad as they were this year. I still, I think they get back on track. It's still a talented enough duo with Jalen and Jason. I think you had a lot of injuries affect them. You've talked about how COVID affected Jason Tatum. You're thinking that Jason Tatum is clearly going to be, you know, past that. At least that's the thinking, right? So I don't know if we need to say, Hey, they were the fourth seed this past year. Why can't they do it again? All right, I, I wouldn't put all your eggs in that basket, but clearly you're hoping for the younger players to continue to improve yes. and therefore allow this whole team to improve. Hopefully Gordon Hayward, it's a big if because he's had injury history here lately, but hopefully Gordon Hayward can stay healthy and that's the idea of this team really taking that next step. Either way, Nada, I know it's you and I... It's fun to dream. Uh, oh, oh my God. I mean, seriously, I, could, could you imagine... Like, yes, Kate Cunningham, right? We've already gone over that a million times. It's probably annoying that I keep pointing it out. But really, like Evan Mobley on this team, it, I mean... It would just be phenomenal. We would be so ecstatic that you would have a LaMelo Ball, Evan Mobley duo, at least in cement here for the next three, four, five years. And you could really start to jumpstart something uh, that looks like a competitive team in the Eastern Conference. Playoffs. Absolutely. Like, I, I, I would yeah. like it's fun to dream. It's fun to dream on this one. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it really dreaming is. on this one. Absolutely. Yeah. We dedicated a whole playoff. Uh, we dedicated a whole uh, podcast, I should say, to it. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Locker Room, Built Bar, all of our sponsors for supporting the show. And thanks to you for supporting the show, as always. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA or really any show in the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.